That's what Album Epitaph is all about. Explaining a moment in music history by thinking deeply about an album of the era. We aren't reviewing an artist's best stuff here. No. We treat albums as primary sources that can help us understand where we're coming from. These albums hang around in unexpected ways, subconsciously influencing new music, and, and they can illustrate a moment or an era in history with clarity. I call these albums ghosts. Sometimes things that you think are dead and gone, well, they come back. The Heatwave Festival in Toronto that summer, well, it featured the B-52s, Talking Heads, and Elvis Costello, artists that had a knack for flipping the script on what it meant to be in rock music. All three acts amazingly innovative and influential, but other than those descriptors, they're just so unique that you can't categorize any of them. Here, let's take a listen to Born Under Punches. I mean, it's just such a cool song, and check out how it manages to be both robotic and funky. I picture the music industry at the time as a big party. It's very positive at the beginning. More and more people are arriving. Good times, good vibes, good music. By midnight, well, that's like 1969. The party is really peaking. Everybody loves everybody. But 1974? Well, feels a bit like four in the morning. Incoherent conflict. Bitterness. Some people refusing to leave each hour getting uglier and uglier. Electronic music is as emotive and creative and beautiful as any other kind. Case closed. But that doesn't mean that we can't critically analyze it a bit. Like all styles, like all instruments, electronic music has limitations. People certainly remember 96 in different ways. The year is fragmented that way. It's a moment of change in North American culture. You know, we might be living through another moment like that today. For some people, 1996 was a Californian paradise of weirdness with great art and a roaring economy. For others, it was like a Tim Burton version of that paradise. Something awful under the surface. It turns out that the sound of music is directly linked to how musicians get paid. That will be no surprise to the economists out there, but for me at least, a really interesting way to think about eras in music is to see it as a function of economics. Keep in mind though, as McCartney retreated home, he was in a unique situation in music. Not only did he have the talent and the desire to experiment with the newest electronic music technology, he also had the money and the space. And that's the thing. When you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you can just buy a farm in Scotland and fill it with cool stuff. Here's what it sounds like. George was short, portly, they all say. He was always disheveled and sweating. He was always looking a little out of his depth, but always making people laugh. It's often pointed out that George was a lot like the actor Jack Black or John Belushi. For him, more ways than one. But these new wave bands were doing things that had never been done before. And that might not have connected with the mainstream, but it did connect with a small number of fantastically devoted people. There are no kind of fans of these new wave bands. If you like them, you love them. You've either never heard of them before, or they're the most important thing that ever happened to you. There are a lot of great albums out there, many forgotten. Oftentimes, artists with huge catalogs that span decades end up having a lost album, hidden away, one that, one that seems to have slipped through the cracks. Albums that were initially described as disappointments, because maybe they didn't propel the artist forward or supply the hits, but these albums matter. They tend to be very personal. I, I call them retreats. Sometimes you have to go home to ground yourself before you can start over. <laughs> 